Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back here, Auto How to Do It team, as far as how to buy, lease, or maintain a car without being ripped off by your car dealer. Normally, I go on to a lengthy uh uh, explanation of what the show is, but because we honor our callers and our callers are so important, and because there's nothing more important to us than lady callers, we have a first time lady caller. I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy Stewart, my co host, so she can get our first time lady caller on the air. Thanks to the recovering car dealer. Uh, we have Natalie, uh, who's giving us a call from Tamarack. And she is a first-time caller that uh, allows her to win $50 this morning. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. You won yourself $50 this morning for being the first-time female caller. Congratulations. If you stay on the phone until after our conversation here in uh, the studio, uh, Mike is uh, in the control room and he will take your information contact information and he'll pass it along to me and i'll get that check out to you awesome thank you so much you're welcome what can we do for you this morning yeah so i wanted to know what's going on with the lithium shortage um because my mother-in-law she ordered a toyota rat 4 prime and she's been waiting for over a year um and I'm just curious to know, like, what's going on with that, if there's any updates. Yeah, just just a, just an idea, correct? Uh, there's so many people, uh, so many customers that are on that list uh, that, uh, well, I'll let Earl take over. I'll let him explain all the shortages that we're having and the length of time that uh, consumers are waiting for vehicles. Earl? Yeah, Natalie, it's a, a complicated system when cars are ordered now with a shortage. And, of course, with high demand and low supply, uh, you just have problems. The RAV4 Prime happens to be a lower production car. Uh, you could say the high dem- the demand to uh, availability ratio is very, very high. And I probably get more calls on that car, the RAV4, than just about RAV4 Prime than just about any other. A way of understanding, when you come in to order a car from a Toyota dealer, me or any other Toyota dealer, um, you order it from me, the dealer. Of course, I can't build the car. I have to, in turn, order that car from the manufacturer. And the car doesn't actually get built until that manufacturer, in this case Toyota, decides they can build the car. And they also another variable is the manufacturer goes to the plant and the 
model car, description of car that they can build because of availability of parts. It could be microchips, it could be wiring harnesses, or any number of other things. And so it's, a, it's, it's so complicated today in today's uh, shortage of parts and extremely high demand and low supply that uh, when, the, when the manufacturer decides they're going to build the car, that's when we can give you a precise idea when you'll get it. Right now, we can only guess. And when they say they're going to build it, they call that a preference. And they preference that car for production. And the next step that really nails it down is when the assembly line begins the actual production. Then the VIN number, the serial number, is assigned. So when you have a VIN number, a serial number, you'll have the car within a matter of days. Uh, when you when it gets preference, it'll be a matter of weeks. But before that, we're at, we're as uh, wonder we wonder as much as you do. Uh, we have some idea because we're familiar with which cars tend to take a long time. So we probably told you the Rav4 Prime will take a, a while. As soon as we know, you should know, and the dealer should notify you immediately. I I'm sorry the system works that way, but Toyota sets it up, or the other manufacturers of different cars do the same thing, and that's just the way the system works. And Natalie, also I can add to that that uh, you know, add insult to injury, the Rav is certainly a very popular vehicle, and I believe if my statistics are right, that it's much more popular than the Camry. And if you recall, the Camry was popular for, well, umpteen years. You know, I'm going to say uh, 13, uh, 10 or 15 years. So uh, with that, you know, factor, there's. Uh, you got to have patience, and uh, I know it's easy for me to sit here and say that, but uh, for you, and I think you said you, uh, your mother was waiting for the vehicle? Yeah, my mother. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, hey, uh, you know, tell your mom to have some patience or you to have some patience. That's a long time to wait for a vehicle. Mm-hmm, Yeah. But uh, we're, our hands are tied, as Earl mentioned, manufacture. Uh, they play a huge part in all of this. Okay, um, and I want to ask you guys another question um, because I was looking into the Kia Sportage hybrid compared to the RAV4 Prime. I don't know if you guys are too familiar with that other um, vehicle, but um, I don't know if you can, you know, help me, you know, kind of decide which one would be a better option. And not only <laughs> we, uh, what we do when it comes to other other make vehicles. Uh, as far as is it something we should consider, uh, we call consumer reports our Bible. And uh, we, we, we could look that up or you could look it up online and, and compare any, any make car, hybrid or otherwise, with any other make car. And uh, I, I will say this, I, in full disclosure, as you know, we're a Toyota dealership, so yeah. I, I tend not to like to talk and push Toyota because that would be selfish. But uh, the fact is the Toyota RAV4 uh, uh, hybrid is an extremely uh, well-built and it's an extremely good car. I mean, I have to say, tell you the truth, even though it sounds like I'm favoring Toyota, which uh, which I, I, I don't want to be partial, but it is a fact with Toyota. But there are a lot of good hybrids out there. Um, and a lot of your manufacturers are building extremely high-quality, reliable hybrids. Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree. I love Toyotas. Um, I've had Toyotas all my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the, honestly, the best manufacturers 
there for vehicles, and they're just so reliable. Um, you know, if there was one, yeah. if there was a hybrid that might be, if you're just talking pure reliability and has a track record to prove it, it would be the Prius. Of course, you're moving down in size, and you don't have the, uh, it's not an SUV, but uh, the, the Prius, in my opinion, Rick Kearney is a technician, been with me for over 25 years. I think he would probably agree that uh, Toyota has never built a better automobile. I don't think any ever, uh, a better automobile has ever been built by anybody than the uh, Prius Hybrid. And also, Natalie, let me share this with you. You know, because women have become a huge part of the um, automobile industry, uh, I'm, I'm talking big time, uh, you know, and for any dealer to ignore that is financial disaster for them. So where I'm going with this is that there's so much information out there. Uh, the, uh, as a matter of fact, the 2023 auto issue of Consumer Report, it gives you all kinds of picks and updates on new cars, used cars. It's, uh, you know, a whole lot of information. That's the April edition. And uh, to prove all of this you could go to edmunds.com and you can see where there are more women buying vehicles 62 percent 62 percent of all cars are purchased by women so with all of that said all of the information is at your fingertips and again i say you are a very informed consumer yeah women run the world so i totally understand that part yeah. Uh, well, they're losing ground. Uh, they do, but they're losing ground. At any rate, uh, Nelly, thank you so much for calling. And uh, your voice uh, has been heard. And there are a lot of women who are listening to us right now. And uh, you're giving them the courage to give us a call here at Earl on Cars. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for your time this morning and all the information. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, we're going to go to Casey. Um, and uh, Casey is calling us from, I believe, East Tennessee. Good morning, Casey. Hey, good morning, y'all. I wanted to get in here quick and get my question out of the way if I could. Yes. I, uh, I recently bought a Toyota Crown, and I got one key fob with it, and I wasn't told about that till I just about consummated the deal, So it, which I couldn't have done anything about. My question to you is, is there any way that I can push Toyota to give me the other key fob? They're saying it's going to be like in the fall before I can get one. And I just, I feel like that's a loose end, <laughs> having one fob to a vehicle. That's I wonder just, if there's anything I can do. This, you know, sadly, this was just one of the cases, it's one of these things that we, believe it or not, that frustrates us as much as our customers. Um, it's just uh, it's just a shame that we have these shortages. I will say this: the squeaky wheel gets the oil, and sometimes if you uh, if you protest enough and if you talk enough, you can get yourself. If you work with the dealer, you can work yourself at the front up to the front of the line. I guess that's not fair to the people that are at back of the line, but um, uh, it is uh, it is true that if you if you stay on top of it. Uh, I, you know, if, if, if you're my customer, if you, if you call me uh, a lot, I'll, I'll call Toyota a lot, and finally I guess they just get tired of it, and maybe, maybe you get in the line earlier. But we see this with a lot of, key fobs seem to be uh, a problem, right? A lot of microchips, I assume, Rick, am I correct? It's because of the microchip shortage. 
And so unfortunately, what they're trying to do is they allocate a certain amount for the brand new cars that they're selling and get one each there. And then they allocate as many as they can to go to the people who have already bought new cars. Yeah, see, that's the moment. You see, I, I should have re remembered that. But Rick is absolutely right. This is what happens. You know, there's nothing that is more dear to a manufacturer or a dealer, for that matter, uh, than profit. And, and, and if you... If you have a, a, if you're going to build a car, and you have to decide, will I have enough parts for people who've already bought the car, or am I going to have enough parts to build another car so I can sell another car? I don't need to tell you which decision they make. So they've done that with a key fob, so they can build more crowns because I have people lined up to buy crowns, and they can't not build a car without all the parts. And they're working the people like you to get the extra key fob. You're just going to have to wait. But again. You you bug the dealer, me or any any other dealer, and I will bug the manufacturer for you, and uh, I think that would help speed up things a little bit. Okay, and who would be my point of contact at the dealer I bought it? I, I wouldn't be talking to the salesman, would I? I don't think that would do any good, right? No, what you should do is uh, is you should go to the dealer website and you should you should uh, get the uh, customer number to contact or. The dealership can give you that, and you call the dealer, you call the manufacturer and go on record, and you can also email the manufacturer and go on record. The, at the dealership, your contact should be as high up the chain as you can go. I said earlier, because my customers call me directly, uh, and I'm the owner, so if you can get the owner of the dealership, they have a lot of clout with the manufacturer. I can pick up the phone and call the top executives in Toyota, and I do that from time to time. So if you can get a, if you can't get the owner, the the, the dealer himself, uh, then go to the general manager. If you can't get the general manager, uh, go down the line: general sales manager, new car sales manager, service manager. And uh, gotcha. sometimes it's, uh, uh, Rick uh, gave me the eye there because we happen to have an art dealership. We happen to have a service manager that's been with Toyota for a long time. He has inside connections that I don't have, and uh, he's a miracle worker. So if you can find a service manager that's been with the Toyota dealer for a long time, and he has those contacts, he has friends in the manufacturing, uh, you know, of the manufacturer. Say, hey, do me a favor. Let me do, let me do this. Hey, do me a favor. Warranty this. I know the car's out of warranty. I'll do it. And so that it's like, I guess every other business. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And, and yeah. if you can find someone that can talk to the right person, it'll speed up that key fob for you. And the best advice is polite persistence. Yeah, absolutely. Be nice, but don't take no for an answer. Absolutely. And, and Casey, uh, there, there are so many shortages. Can you imagine? I mean, here we are, you know, June 2023. And, uh, <laughs> and as a matter of fact, um, I can use an example. Earl and I are waiting uh, for our remote controls uh, for home. But then again, you know, with a microchip, with this, with that, everything, the, the list is endless on shortages. Gotcha. So it's a whole lot of patience. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, one last thing. The other gal was calling in about the hybrids. Um, this car, the Crown, not to push Toyota strictly, but Earl was saying, but I'm getting 45-plus miles to the gallon with that hybrid system, and that's a larger car. So it, 
I think Toyota has really got the hybrid systems down to a fine art. Yeah, I, uh, that, Casey, I, I, people ask me all the time about electric vehicles, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, real uh, proponent of electric vehicles, but uh, if you want uh, good gas mileage and range, uh, good range, uh, the hybrid's the choice. I think I think that the hybrid is the transition vehicle to own until the electric vehicles really get their act together and they really get reliable and the prices come down. I think you made the perfect choice. Uh, a hybrid today, and and the Crown, of course, is is I I didn't realize the Crown got that good of gas mileage with a hybrid engine. So I think that's great. I, you're uh, hang on to that till you're ready to go for an electric vehicle in maybe five or ten years. Yeah, you bet. It's it's a good it's a good step in between because you know it's using the electric and the gas, mm-hmm. and I I just think that that is the way to go, and we could produce a whole lot more of those than we could all electric cars. But anyway, enough enough said on that. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> great Thank info. Great information, Casey. Thanks so call. Thanks so much for the call. You bet. Thank you, guys. Keep Bye-bye. on listening. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Rick. On a quick side note, uh, Johnny Z. Fraidley had asked, why can't a phone be used as a key fob by with Bluetooth? And actually, a lot of the manufacturers now are doing this. Uh, Tesla has that feature, Toyota, Honda. Uh, most of the big names now have it where you can download an app uh, you can send an authorization so somebody else can even use their own phone as a key to the car to yeah, we, get in the we car use that in our Tesla. Nancy and I both yep. have that for our, our Tesla. So uh, I think maybe the answer why they don't do it is because they make more money when they sell you the key fob. Exactly. But it's also good. You also have to have one key fob in order to be able to access the car anyways. Yeah. True. And folks, please try hard. Don't lose all of those key fobs. <laughs> If you is keep one safe at home, wrap it in tinfoil or something, but keep it safe at home. So if you lose the others, you could take that one to the dealer and simply have them make new ones. Yeah. But if you lose them all, it gets a lot more expensive to reprogram the entire system. Very complicated. Rick, tell the folks why it has to be wrapped in tinfoil. Uh, that's only if you if you want to avoid someone having the access to it right. by way of these RF detectors. And it's pretty difficult to do that anyways. I mean, that, that technology, although, yeah, there are some cases where there are criminals are using this. Uh, it's not as widespread as you might think. It's kind of like those of us that are older. You know, as kids, we used to think that quicksand was going to be a much bigger factor in our lives than it really, really is today. Good point. You now know. back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I tell you, uh, this is going to be a special show uh, this morning. We have a, a major event, and we hope it'll be permanent. But uh, toward the end of the show, uh, we are going to feature the Big Dog Ranch Rescue Dog of the Week. Now, Nancy and I have been doing this for years, and we typically did it at the dealership or by Zoom. And, and we're actually, we can reach a lot more people. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and we're, na- we're national now, we're international, so uh, it's, it's the largest no-kill shelter for dogs anywhere, and uh, they have several locations. The, the home location is right here in Palm Beach County, and uh, they have hundreds of dogs 
they, they don't they they rescue so many dogs that they even go out of the country. I mean, they were they were bringing dogs in from China. Uh, they were bringing dogs in from Puerto Rico. If there's a flood or something in North Carolina, they bring dogs in. The other shelters around the country often get overwhelmed. Unfortunately, unfortunately uh, too many shelters have a, a time expiration on their dogs, and then they euthanize them. Uh, big Dog Ranch Rescue doesn't euthanize dogs, uh, period. So we're big supporters, and we have been for a long time. So yeah. at about 9.30, we're going to be uh, talking to our representative from Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and we have a dog of the week, and uh, we will uh, show you the dog. The dog will be here in the studio, live. We won't have to have Rick bark. This might be your last bark, Rick. I'll give you a chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that might be Rick's last bark. And what a beautiful bark, bark it is. We'll have real dogs in here. <laughs> so tune in, and then... If you're if you're local, or I mean, if you if you want to adopt a dog, there's a chance we pay the adoption fees for the dog of the week, and uh, we talk. Uh, if if you don't like the particular dog we're featuring, we have hundreds of dogs, and uh, if you have a chance, if you uh, want to write this uh, web address down, Big Dog Ranch Rescue is Big Dog Ranch Rescue is B D R R Big Dog Ranch Rescue B D R R dot org and that takes you to their website and you want to see it's kind of like a uh, luxury resort for dogs they have a lake they have they have a hospital they have a uh, they even have a quarantine area for dogs that come in until they be sure they're okay uh, they're all they're 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 vaccinated medicated cured of anything they may have uh, but, al- but also they have a spa where they can relax, where they can swim. Yeah, and yeah. They, a lake. Yeah. Th- yeah, it's just an amazing place. You ever get a chance, go out there and take a look around. Uh, also, uh, adding to what Earl said, uh, I often mention confessions of a recovering car dealer. Well, our contribution um, is that all proceeds from the confessions of a recovering car dealer they go to Big Dog Ranch. Yeah. Every cent that you are going to spend on that book, and you can do that by going to Amazon. And uh, you can go to Earl on Cars to find out more about confessions of a recovering car dealer. But most importantly, all proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. And easy to remember, you could just go to earlsbook.com. Earl's Book, just like it sounds. Earlsbook.com, and that'll take you to Amazon, as, as Nancy said. We don't take, it's not 2% or 3% or 100% of everything we get, we receive for selling this book goes directly to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. So it's important that uh, we support them and it's important that you know that this book will be like a a bonus, a how-to guide uh, to help you or your your grandkids, your, your children or friends, anybody that needs a car, you buy the book. And you help save a dog from being euthanized. Yeah, can be kept on your bookshelf forever. And, um, you know, you, you might think that we're just giving out dogs and nothing's checked. It's real important that there's a background check. And it's very important for each individual that's interested in, per, in uh, uh, adopting a dog. And also, you know, sometimes you get a dog home and it's not exactly the fit that you thought it would be. There are a lot of options as far as that's concerned. 
concerned. Also, there's fostering that you can take advantage of. So we'll get to all that later when our special guest comes into the studio, and uh, that is uh, H.W. H.W., a.k.a. Wheelie, and what a beautiful dog he is. So stay tuned for that. Now, now back to Rick. And on behalf of my YouTube people, who a lot of them keep asking this, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but Earl, not at all. What's going on with the second book? Let's well, start. We're moving are, again. Are all we close? Answer that. We are so close, and uh, we we uh, dotted some eyes and crossed some T's. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm going to say Wednesday and Thursday. Nancy did the introduction on the book, yeah, and, com- she, and com- she submitted that com- to our ghostwriter. Yeah, completed that. So then there's uh, the rest of the work that has to be done. You know, uh, with uh, Earl's uh, part in the uh, you know the the book. And uh, like I said, it's just dotting the I's and crossing the T's now. And that book will be ready, and it will be on the shelves and ready to be purchased. And what a book it is. I know we we get a lot of folks asking about it everywhere, so. Yeah, I think that because the first book was uh, so good and so much information, and you can keep it on a shelf forever, they're really interested in the book to come, which represents the recovering car dealer. The man of the hour. Mm-hmm. If we don't what? have any uh, callers waiting, I'll... We do. Oh, we do have some problems. Uh, we're so going to go to our favorite caller, Marty. Good morning, Marty. Uh, good morning. Welcome back. How are you? Right. We're getting used to hearing from you regularly, and that makes us all happy. <laughs> I got uh, two things. Last week, I, I mentioned that Toyota and a Camry, they don't have a memory seat. And I did some research on a Honda, and on the high-end Honda Accords, they do have memory seats. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I think, the, I think the next time Earl talks to Toyota, he ought to tell them about that. Yeah, you know, it's I'm a, sure that, that's the reason I love competition. I, You know, uh, Toyota wouldn't be as good as they were if it weren't for Honda, and Honda wouldn't be as good as they are if it weren't for Toyota. Uh, the, uh, the competition is your best friend, not just in negotiating prices and keeping each manufacturer honest, but it's also quality. I mean, a Honda Accord comes out with something and makes it a little bit better than the Toyota Camry, and then the Toyota Camry comes out with something makes it a little bit more desirable than the Honda Accord, and uh, that's what reason we have such great products today. Competition is the name of the game. Right. And now I just have one other question, talking about the key fob, since you brought it up. Um, <clears throat> forgetting about getting two keys with the car, what happens when a person, before the shortages and everything, if you lost your one of your key fobs, can't, can't it be made somewhere else, or do you have to go through the manufacturer? Well, for the key fobs themselves, you generally have to go to the manufacturer, but again, they do allocate when they when they have a certain number being made, they allocate a large portion for brand new cars. Another portion is allocated for those people that have already bought cars and need a key, but they also allocate a certain portion of them to go to service departments to be sold for key fobs that are damaged, broken, lost, or Maybe there was a malfunction but in that, it. Needs but the portion they allocate is much lower when we have a high supply, low demand, high demand, low supply situation. So yes. In the case of the uh, Toyota Crown, if you were listening earlier, uh, they they're barely able to build crowns now, 
and uh, they don't want to build a crown without a key fob. So uh, the guy that lost his key fob is just going to have to wait. Right, but they they will they will make sure a certain number are available. So unfortunately, that guy that has lost all of them will still have a chance to at least get one in a reasonable time. It may take a week or two, but he will have a chance to at least get one so they can get him back on the road. Cause well, you have greater faith than I do because uh, I, I have a feeling that in the chain of command responsible for profit, if I ask him the question, we can't build 100 crowns this month because we can't sell them without a key fob. Uh, so <clears throat> that's because we had the other people key fobs. I just wonder what really happened. So uh, I'm, I'm a skeptic. Okay. The other thing I just wanted to tell you, I, I, when I happened to be driving down Lake Worth Road and I stopped at uh, Brayman Honda, and uh, they still have addendums on every one of the, They only had two cars that are in the, in the whole lot mm -hmm. that were brand new. And, he, and those two had almost over $4,000 addendums on them. And also, I, I mean, I wasn't buying it, but also, I'm sure they still have the dealer fee too somewhere in there. Well, Marty, Marty, the, yeah. the addendums aren't going to go away, even if we have too many cars, uh, right. because the addendums, you know, the addendums existed before the shortage, right. and they'll, they'll continue to exist. Unfortunately, <clears throat> in the past, pre-COVID, the addendums were used to trick you into thinking you were uh, getting a discount making you believe that the phony Monroney was the MSRP and also gives a lot of uh, extra uh, they can tend to over allow on your trade-in make you think you're getting more money for your trade-in you get right. $2,000 more than you thought you would but that's because they had a $5,000 addendum label and uh, so the addendums will be here to say they won't be implemented as brutally as they are now now there's almost no negotiation in some models and makes with the addendums yeah. Well, I know every time I bought a car, and I bought several of them, obviously, I always tell the guy, I'm just going for the regular MSRP is what I'm starting off at. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody that's paying four or 5000 extra, and then plus the dealer fee, obviously they're getting uh, shafted. Well, thank well, you, Marty. You know, Marty, it's always great hearing from you. And uh, here I am again talking about patience and all that stuff. So, yeah. And you continue to call us, and we really do look forward to, to hearing from you. You know, Earl and I were talking about you um, this week, and uh, there was a question asked. Earl, you can uh, – Earl – you can tune in with this. Uh, that the question that was asked by one of the customers, and re you wanted to refer to Marty and the YouTube Marty uh, that you can go to and watch. Uh, our customers are confused. All customers have have ordered cars. This this particular customer called me up. He was shopping, and he <clears throat> went to another Toyota dealer and said that he had a he had a vehicle. I forget which model it was on order with my dealership. And uh, and uh, he was told that we would he ordered it, and he sort of told us it would take two or three months. And then the other Toyota dealership says, um, "Well, he wasn't telling you the truth because you can't order a vehicle." So we're talking semantics, and I I, I had explained to him that well, you do order a vehicle, but you order it from the dealer. The uh, the you can't order it from the manufacturer. You can request 
that it be ordered manufacturers. It's all semantics. Uh, and you understand it because you've been going through this for, you went through it for a long, long time. But uh, it's uh, when you order a car from today and the manufacturer's not building that car, you're in fact ordering it from the dealer. And when they start building the car, then it can be ordered from the manufacturer. All right, well, listen, have a good weekend, everybody. Oh, thank you, Marty. We look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, okay. lady, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, uh, ladies, I have $50 for one more new female caller. And uh, g- g- give me a call and tell me what you think, uh, what you think about when you go out to purchase a, a vehicle. Uh, you know, after looking all of this up, uh, I noticed that there's a whole lot ladies take their time and uh, look at. And uh, do you know, credibility is number one on the list, a dealer's credibility. And that kind of news really travels word of mouth. There's nothing like it, no advertisement or anything at all. And this leads ladies into the dealership that they know will fulfill their needs. And there's a lot. They just don't go in and purchase a vehicle like guys do. Uh Uh-uh. They just do their homework and they study uh, safety performance. They they look at uh, the features uh, that are on the vehicle, uh, what the best buy is. They even think about their trade-in. So the this morning we're waiting for one more lady caller and i will give you fifty dollars now back to the recovering car dealer well uh, just as a heads up uh, for folks who are thinking about calling in for Stu, my son apparently he's not going to be here this morning he had a couple of wisdom teeth pulled the other day and i can certainly understand why he might not want to be moving his jaw too much so still i hope you feel better and uh, i'm sure he'll be back next week okay we're going to get back to the phones and we're going to talk to paul uh, Paul is calling us from Ocala. Good morning, Pop. Good morning. I am new to this area, and uh, I'd like to find out. I have two questions. I'd like to find out about if he, Earl has any idea when they're going to release the Toyota Stout, and uh, if there are any reputable Toyota dealers or Ford dealers up in this area, North Central Florida. Um, I know of. I yeah. know we're brokers. I used to live in Port St. Lucie many years ago. Yeah, I don't know about the Scout. I, I'm, I'm Googling that now, or Rick is doing that for me. But as far as uh, reputable dealers, uh, you're in a safer area than South Florida. I can. There's good news and bad news. Uh, uh, South Florida is, is really difficult. Uh, the competition is intense. The largest Toyota dealerships in the in the world are located in South Florida. Our dealerships here this, uh, are, are are the number two and number three volume Toyota dealerships uh, are in South Florida. The number one volume Lexus dealership is in South Florida. So uh, the competition and there are more dealers down here. So Orlando, Ocala is quieter. Uh, I'll give you a general advice. I would. I would probably uh, tend to stay in Ocala and away from Orlando. The smaller dealers, the lower volume dealers, uh, oftentimes are are a little easier to deal with. And if you can go through a third-party program like the Costco, are you a member of Costco by any chance? Uh, Not Costco, but Sam's Club. 
Okay, Sam's Club has a program too. I'm not as familiar with Sam's Club as I am with Costco, but uh, Sam's Club is a, a highly reliable, you know, Walmart offspring uh, company, and uh, you can go through their auto buying program. Uh, TrueCar is another T R U E C A R. TrueCar.com is another third-party source, but uh, I would try to do my shopping. If I were you, online, and I would I would use uh, uh, email, phone calls, and save your shoe leather. Don't be uh, knocking on dealership doors and going in until you're ready to take delivery. But uh, uh, stay out of South Florida. And if I were going to drive, I drive, I I drive, uh, you know, west or north to get to even lower volume, smaller cities. Uh, but you stay out of West Palm Beach, uh, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami, because they really, really are tough to deal with here. Okay, thank you for your help, bro, and I'll keep on listening. Okay, good luck, Bob. Call us if you have any questions when thanks, you're negotiating. Again. Yeah, thanks again, Paul. Rick? Yeah, um, what I'm finding on the Toyota Stout is that it, they're actually looking at possibly 2024. It's a supposed to be a small pickup based on a RAV4 platform, so it would almost be like the Honda uh, Ridgeline, where instead of having a full frame, it'll be a unibody construction mm-hmm. and a, a little compact pickup because Tacoma has grown up into a pretty big truck now, and Toyota's still looking at trying to get something, a small, compact pickup with an open bed that can compete with and possibly knock down the Ford Maverick. Yeah. So... Who knows? They, they've got a lot of things that there, a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Okay, Maybe Bob, I hope you heard that. That was uh, uh, Rick Google that, and uh, be about another year. But sounds like an interesting vehicle. Yeah, interesting facts. Do we have okay, any, uh, we're uh, finished with the f- phone calls right now, so we can either go to uh, Rick or you can finish up your, you know, uh, topic that you want to talk talk yeah, about. I, yeah, there, there's there's one thing that uh, I like to give out periodically, and. Um, for our regular listeners, you know that Nancy and I have a Tesla, a Tesla Plaid, and we're all big, we're big proponents of autonomous driving, and uh, we got excited. We really got the, the vehicle because uh, we thought autonomous driving was going to be here sooner. And well, it's not going to be here sooner. It'll be here later, but it's getting better. So every time I get a software download on the Tesla Plaid, um, I say to Nancy, uh, let's try out this new download and see if the autonomous driving has gotten any better. And then Nancy says, I don't want to get in that car with you when it's on autonomous. <laughs> I, I say, I don't blame you. So uh, uh, we've had some hair-raising experiences. My last experience... Uh, so he ties me up and puts me in the trunk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, for my, again, for our regular listeners, you know that I uh, severed my Achilles tendon. I was in a boot for a long time, and I took the boot off and now i'm able to hobble around and drive folks earl is driving again i am uh, no longer driving 100 percent. he's driving and he's having a ball yeah so uh, i what was i saying oh okay (laughs) so i was on my way to uh, rehab uh uh, to to uh, work on my foot and i said i know what i'll do i'll take the tesla put it on autonomous and take me to rehab so i i uh, i actually i got there without it's about 12 or 14 miles, and and it, it, everything was fine. It took me right up in front of the 
uh, rehabilitation uh, facility, and uh, great. I I had to park it. It wouldn't park in the parking lot, but I I was right in front of the building. And uh, stoplights passing, turn signals all the way. Traffic was moderate. It wasn't real heavy, but uh, there were no no close calls. So I went through the rehabilitation, came out, got in my Tesla plaid, put in my home destination, and put it on autonomous, and it it led me toward the main highway out of the parking lot. Well, I was headed toward the parking, the the driveway to get out on US-1, when suddenly the autonomous Tesla decided to head for the parked cars that were in the parking (laughs) lot on my left. And I I had to, I had to, slam on the brake, which automatically disengages the autonomous feature. Mm-hmm. And then, for the first time, I got a notice on my screen, big screen up there, uh, autonomous disengaged, please uh, tell us what happened. And so I hit speak on my, uh, and this goes into the database for Tesla, I give them credit for that. And I said, I told him exactly what happened, that I was leaving my, uh, my point of, uh, you know, where I was, and I was going back home again, and it, it, it veered away from the uh, uh, entrance to US-1 into some parked cars on my left. So I hope the engineers will take that and work on it. <laughs> but, but it, it, you know, it's scary, but it's fun. It's exciting. I won't try it again until the next download. We'll see how they get get that perfected. It's interesting uh, to say to yourself, listen, I'm going to drive the, the, I've had the Tesla charging all night. Uh, This morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out in the uh, Tesla. There's been new downloads and uh, that stirs your curiosity. So you just want to get behind the wheel. And um, I don't know. It's been a little disappointing because they're not always downloaded. Uh, so anyway, we but we've had so many calls already. Uh, I suddenly realized I haven't given our numbers out. So yeah. uh, we have a caller. Yeah, we do. We okay. do have a, we Maybe have a we call. don't have to give our number out anymore. Yes, go ahead. You want me to? Yes. Okay, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. That's our call in number. We prioritize it, and as soon as the number comes up on Nancy's screen, we jump over to the telephone number eight seven seven. 960-9960. And please write that down. If you haven't got something you want to call us about now, uh, you might want to call later. And don't forget, at 930, we're auctioning off a dog. No, we're not really <laughs> auctioning off a dog. We're going to try to find a home for a dog in Big ba- Big Dog Ranch Rescue. The yeah. dog will be in the studio. Yeah. And uh, if you want to adopt this dog, we pay the adoption fees. So write the number down, 877 960 9960. Tune in to some exciting energy at 930. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, the studio won't be turned upside down. <laughs> and the text don't number. forget, uh, don't forget, uh, ladies and gentlemen, your anonymous feedback. Your anonymous feedback.com. Exactly. I get, I said, my, I, I'm getting less use on anonymous feedback from people that want to be anonymous. And then people are doing it like I had a reporter from the Auto News. They contacted me on anonymous feedback. Now, and then she had to tell me her name and telephone number so I could call her back. But uh, that's okay. Using youranonymousfeedback.com. But if you really want to be anonymous, that's not a bad idea either. And our text number, 
Our text number is 772-497-6530. Normally, my son Stu Stewart does a text, and uh, Rick is going to pick up for that while he's healing from his wisdom teeth extractions. So that text number is 772-497-6530. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, we um, Lance, I'll be right with you. I want to mention one more thing. Um, we, we don't mention it often enough, and that's Earl's uh, Vigilantes. Uh, he has a hat. I don't know if he has it with him this morning or not. Yeah, right uh, but uh, Earl's Vigilantes, you can go to Earl on Cars, and you can sign up, and uh, you can help. Uh, with the knowledge that you have, uh, I mean, you don't have to t- know how to take an engine apart. And this uh, hat is yours if you become a vigilante, by the way. Yes, that hat is yours. Not this hat, it, another hat. Yeah. That's my uh, hat. So uh, go to uh, Earl, Earl on Cars. We're moving real fast because we want to cover the callers. We want to call the, cover the texters and YouTube and Facebook and everything else. And Earl, uh, Rick has his job set out for him this morning. So I'm going to quit talking. Earl's Vigilantes, go to Earl on Cars. You can find out all that information uh helping out your neighbor we're going to go to lance who is calling also from tennessee earlier we had a call from t- east tennessee lance good lance. morning lance yeah. good morning Earl, and good morning nancy good. um I, I, we t- we tune in every week here and uh, we're just coming off the world's biggest yard sale and earl stewart day here oh. and uh wow uh, and uh Turnout wasn't that good for Earl Stewart Day, but you know, next year's all we've got. We're starting to plan next year's already. Wow. Um, you have a Earl, day in Tennessee? No. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it just happened. I'll have to investigate. What? What? Yeah. What, what? Is that just once a year, Lance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Are there any streets uh, named after Earl Stewart? <laughs> well, we're going to keep working. We're You know, when they broadcast the Grand Ole, I live so far out in the woods that when they broadcast the Grand Ole Opry on Saturday night, I don't get it till Tuesday. So, 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 what brought you to this moment? You know, where it's Earl. Earl Stewart's Day in Tennessee. Uh, was it, a, you know, a group effort, or how, how did this happen? How was this born? I think. Well, uh, I think uh, he's pulling my leg. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what? He's pulling our leg. Yeah, Earl. What I wanted to ask you is this. Uh, well, tell me an interesting story. <laughs> Earl, what I wanted to ask you is this: As you well know, this is a very vast and broad country. And, and call me a naysayer, but I just do not believe that that these uh, electric vehicles are going to be as popular as you feel. And, you know, as you remember, Toyota, who has some of the best business minds in the world, were very reluctant about the uh, yeah. electronic vehicle uh, 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 business. They, they entered it kind of late. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just think that, take for instance where I live, there is, a, you can't find a charging station here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I respect your opinion, Lance. I, you know, I, interestingly enough, they surveyed uh, all, they did a survey recently 
uh, of all potential automobile buyers, well, not all, but a sampling survey, of course, and 50% of the people today with combustion engine vehicles are considering an electric vehicle. Now, that doesn't say they're going to buy one, but they're considering it. So, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're 50% of the people uh, believe that they might buy one, and 50% or like you, Lance, they believe they're not going to buy. It's almost like politics. I mean, uh, are you a Republican or a Democrat? And uh, the Republicans think the Democrats are stupid, and the Democrats think the Republicans are stupid. And uh, we never know. Uh, it just and, and time marches on. So we'll see what happens in 10 years. You know, uh, some places are going to be in serious trouble if they don't have electric vehicles because California will not allow dealers to sell a combustion engine car after, uh, I think it's 2026, uh, 36, 2036, yeah. So uh, in 2036, there's going to be a lot of people hitchhiking in California because they're not going to be able to buy uh, anything except an electric vehicle. If they don't like them, they want to, they're going to have to walk. Jeez, that's a lot of people. <laughs> well, listen, Earl, it, uh, Nancy, it's great to talk to you. Um, we, uh, we listen to you every Saturday morning, I can say, uh, uh, we do get your show direct. We don't have to wait uh, until Tuesday till it comes in. And uh, But we're going to keep working on Earl Stewart Day up here. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, I'm so uh, happy to hear that. <laughs> and see where we come, we, where we come to, and uh, where we come, and we'll try to uh, to uh, uh, get a, at least get uh, a high school marching band march down the street oh boy i'd love that <laughs> well you're really I'll, br- do- I'll bring the whole family you're really <laughs> we're really going to do it up uh lance i'd like to keep you on the phone because i just like your southern accent <laughs> but well, we have uh, calls backed up so w- will you do me a favor and call in again <laughs> see, lance, uh, lance thinks you have an accent he doesn't have an accent <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my husband always tells me i have an accent from uh, uh, he says you're from pittsburgh you have an accent i said i don't have an accent where's my accent okay so listen have a good day Keep thank you good work up thank you say hello to the family 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 did you read the latest news in the uh recently this past week if not you can always google it and it was it, it uh, was a, a column that was written about leasing and it makes evs more affordable Last year's Inflation Reduction Act provided a federal tax credit of up to $7,500 to use towards an EV under the rules of dealer. The dealer can apply that credit to any leased vehicle, no matter where it's made, no matter where it's made, to reduce the customer's monthly payment. How do you like that? But not so for people who buy, who buy an EV. For buyers, only EVs made in North America qualify, only qualify for the full tax credit. So uh, if you'd like to Google that, uh, you can, and you can read about uh, how some of the rules have changed for a buyer. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Phil in Jupiter. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Phil. Uh, Good morning. Uh, I just got a question for you. I was reading uh, uh, on the Internet uh, talking about which which cars that take uh, premium fuel and other ones don't, and it said 
if you have a normal aspirated engine, you probably do not have to use uh, high test fuel. What what does that even mean? And more normally aspirated engine. I think Rick can really answer that question. Normally aspirated means that you do not have a turbocharger or a supercharger on the engine. In other words, it simply uses the vacuum of the engine to draw in air through the air filter and into the engine. Uh, A turbocharger uses exhaust pressure to a set of impeller blades and forces air into the engine once it reaches a certain RPM. And a supercharger actually uses a belt-driven device to, again, suck in the outside air and forces it into the engine in a much higher volume. Uh, That's pretty much true for a fact, but there are some normally aspirated engines that run at a higher compression ratio, and those they generally do recommend a higher uh, octane fuel so as to slow down the ignition and not have pre-ignition. That way you don't get that spark knock. But with modern engines anyways, the computer will detect that spark knock immediately and it'll retard the ignition of the engine and prevent it from occurring. So it's kind of a moot point really because if you want to get the absolute best performance out of your car and your car is designed to use premium fuel, then use premium fuel. You will get the top-notch performance. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. because I was thinking about getting a... a, a a Lexus uh, NX, and they they were they were the engines they were using in the past. Yeah. You had the required fuel, and they said they weren't they weren't normally aspirated engine. But now they went they went their four cylinder now is a normally aspirated engine. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and uh, I just wonder how that played out. I just didn't understand it. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks thank you. Call. Thank you, Phil. Give us a call oh, one again. One other thing. One other thing I forgot to mention. I was. I, I got a 2017 Prius, and I'm really interested in the 2023. But there must. There, you can't. There's none. There's none anywhere you can. You can even get in a dealer and sit in one. I've tra- I've called like five dealers, and I mean these things are like they don't even exist. Uh, is that because they just? Uh, a shortage, and they just can't even get them out. Or what's have going you check, on? Have you checked with a rental company? Sometimes they get vehicles when we don't, because um, uh, the manufacturers allocate a certain amount of production to what they call fleet. Uh, but you might you might make a few phone calls uh, to you know Hertz Avis National Budget or the rest of them and see if you can find one. I yeah I know exactly what you're saying. It's uh, one of the biggest problems we have today is. Uh, people having to buy cars with actually driving it, and they have to order it. And I've always advised before this pandemic crisis, I always said, don't ever buy a new vehicle without driving it first. I don't mean literally that vehicle, but the, the year, make, and model. Because if you, be, you could be driving a Camry all your life, and then the new Camry comes out, and you buy it without without driving it, and you don't like it because maybe there's something different. And uh, I, I, my heart goes out to you. I, I, I wish I had a better suggestion than. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good idea. I never thought of that before. I think I'll try that. Well, good luck. Good luck. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate thanks, it. Thank you, Phil. Uh, now back to uh, Rick. Well, I'll uh, see. We have one quick one here from Donovan. He says. 
Uh, what Nancy is talking about with the IRA bill, a lot of states are also adding tax credits for EVs. Colorado next month is adding $5,000 on top of the $7,500 federal credit. Wow. Why? In other words, you really got to Google this and uh, and find out what is available. It's, it, the problem with the federal government, they can't do anything that's simple. So uh, their tax credit thing is so convoluted, whether the components are purchased in the United States, uh, whether the car is manufactured in the United States, and then they say North America versus the USA. Uh, you, you almost have to have a consultant to decide what your rebate or discount would be on with your vehicle. So uh, now the states are getting into it. So uh, don't rush out and buy an electric vehicle until you really carefully study what is available. You know, that's great that, uh, you know, you got that text. And, uh, you know, I, I say week in and week out, you know, you guys really make the show all of you play such a huge part of it, and uh, we look forward to your texts. We look forward to your anonymous feedback, Facebook, YouTube, and your telephone calls. So we here at Earl Stewart on Cars want to thank you. That was great information, Rick. And now we'll go with uh, our text. We'll start off with Anne Marie. Our right off the bat for her. Good hers. morning, Anne Marie. Uh, she just sent a link today to a community car talk page. Uh, talking about the urban legend of cars where back in the 70s, this was quite popular rumor, was some cars you have to literally remove the engine from the car to change the spark plugs. <laughs> and although the article, I read through it, breezed through it quite a bit, uh, they did mention several models that, although you don't have to remove the engine, there were a lot of models of cars that have been made over the years that basic maintenance items like spark plugs, air filters, you would literally have to loosen a motor mount and jack up one side of the engine to change the spark plugs. Um, I remember, I believe it was the Chevy Corsair, the one that Ralph Nader said, unsafe at any speed. Corvair. The, the Corvair, that's it, yes. Where it had the motor had to be lowered slightly from the car in order to change the spark plugs. Uh, somebody in the comment section there had mentioned a car where the air filter box could not be properly opened without unbolting the carburetor from the intake manifold. And all I can say on that is, of all the different cars that I have seen, uh, mechanics are heroes to engineers that design them because some of those engineers don't stop to think. And we have seen cases where a bolt could have been just a half an inch shorter and you could get the bolt out versus having to jack up the engine just to get one bolt out where it interferes with something else. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's a very true fact of life. Uh, sometimes engineers don't really realize the nightmares that they have created. And they've created a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, here's another one from Donovan. Uh, the IRS has a list of all the cars that qualify and what amounts they get on their website. Wow, great. So don't let a dealer tell you the car qualifies without checking that IRS list first. Is that IRS.com? I would bet it's IRS.gov. .gov, right. Yeah, because yeah, any, any government website is going to be .gov. 
But yeah, I, I would check that. that. That's a great resource, Donovan, yeah, because yeah, when, Donovan when, always when you're not on the air, uh, check to see if that is accurate. Then we can, we have, before we give that out, that, that's a very important number. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Donovan. He always has uh, so much to add to the show. And of course, that that would be an excellent weapon when you're going in, you're shopping for a car. Salesman says, hey, this car gets this rebate. And you can pull up the website and say, uh, no, that's not on the list. Yeah. Here's the IRS website, and it's not on there. Yeah. You know, I just I marvel at how information is available. And uh, I know some of you get tired of, well, maybe all of you get tired of me saying this, but I, I'm a technical freak. I just love high-tech stuff. And uh, the fact that, you know, one thing you can, you know, I have to tell myself this, uh, myself this every day. Uh, I th I, when I wonder about something, you have to slap yourself in the face and say, "Why are you wondering about that?" And I, you know, and then I say, "Ask Google." Well, there's a whole lot of other places you can ask besides Google. I just use that almost like a, you know, because they were the first and the biggest. They probably still are. With there's a lot of artificial intelligence uh, uh, apps available now, and they are incredible. I mean, uh, I'm getting diagnoses for Nancy and me on illnesses that we have that on AI sites, uh, the, you know, apps that are identical to what the doctor tells us. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, sometimes I think we get better information. The, the, the problem is you can also get some really bad information. <laughs> so it's, the AI is still, it's kind of like the autonomous driving. It, it is in the uh, beginning stages, but it, it is scarily accurate. And, but it, when, it's in, when it's inaccurate, it can be pretty scary too. So uh, have a lot of fun with that. And uh, Yeah, it uh, is a whole lot of fun. Artificial yeah. intelligence. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm going to talk ourselves out of, out of the show because you don't need us anymore. I mean, when you figure out which apps and, and, and which websites uh, to go to for information, you don't need us. Yes, but, well, uh, uh, maybe, he, he, maybe you have more fun. We have more fun. Here's the bottom line. AI doesn't have your fascinating... True. Personality. That's true. I forgot about that. So you forgot about that. Okay, I'm going to interrupt Rick, and we're going to go back to the phones, and we have Bob calling us from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Good. We're well, thank you. That's finally happened. Uh, your show has gone to the dogs. Oh. <laughs> what? Well, what? not yet, but in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, about 930. Uh, yes. <laughs> Where does that leave us cat lovers? Pardon in me? In the back seat. Where does not, that leave us cat lovers in the back seat, I guess, huh? Not necessarily. I've got a dog and three cats in my house. They get along great. <laughs> yeah, actually, you mentioned that, Bob. At Big Dog Ranch Rescue, they actually test the cats, and they find out if they're cat-friendly, dog-friendly, and... Uh, because if you're going to adopt a dog, you got to know, you know, you got children, you got cats, you got other dogs, and every dog is different. The Big Dog Ranch Rescue, I mean, they know more about that dog. You ask any question about the dog they want you to adopt, they know about his health, his temperament, uh, they know if he likes men more than women, or they like cats more than squirrels. I mean, uh, you, they know these dogs inside out. It's really cool. Is that why they uh, have a line on there for a CAT scan? <laughs> ba -ba -boom. You knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I see that the uh, uh, now the AM radio, Ford has decided 
to put the AM radios back in the cars. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned earlier I was interviewed by Automotive News uh, by a reporter, Molly Boydman, and uh, that article will be coming out pretty soon uh, about the whole AM uh, situation. She wanted to know what the perspective was for me as a dealer, and uh, I told her my take was the AM radio thing is a generational issue. Uh, like uh, so many things today, uh, if you're born in 1940 versus 1970, uh, you see the world differently. And uh, people, you know, I was born in 1940, and I, AM radio was important to me. I always thought about AM radio, as a, and a lot of people in my generation feel that way. You, t you take a you take a 25 year old kid, and uh, they could care less about AM radio. Uh, I think the government is remiss in the fact that they're focusing too much of the emergency services things on AM. I understand why they do it, but that'll change. So it's, uh, uh, I, uh, Ford goes to AM radio, and do they have a competitive edge over Chevrolet? Who will not? Uh, that's an interesting question. And if the competition uh, decides they want to go without a pro uh, feature or with a feature, then all the other manufacturers got to scratch their head and decide what they want to do. Uh, I, I won't. If you're a, if you're a modern person, uh, you know that you can get AM radio a lot of different ways than having an AM radio in your car. You can stream AM, and so why do you have to have the AM radio itself? You can stream it. I was interested. I, I was uh, interested in uh, 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 Marty, uh, one of your customers, kept complaining about his headrest. So I looked it up. Do you know the year and the manufacturer for the first headrest? No, I don't. Not off the top <laughs> of my head. It was Volvo in 1968. Oh, ah. Wow. Well, Volvo is something else, aren't they? Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. That wouldn't surprise me because they, they, Volvo's always been a front runner yeah. on the safety features. Absolutely. Safety belts, headrests. Yeah. Right, and then Congress mandated the uh, mandated the headrest the next year. So in '69, it became a uh, it became law where you had to have a head car. But I remember my cars prior to that never had a headrest in them. Mm -hmm. you know, in the, that saves a lot of lives. Right. Mm -hmm. I saw that, and then I just also saw that uh, that the. This is now going to uh, uh, go back to off. They have until June 14th. Otherwise, they're going to have a legal issue here with the uh, inflators. Yeah. Also, that also Joe Biden just uh, withdrew his nominee to the head of NHTSA. Yeah, they have. Uh, they, no, they found out. No one running. Yeah, go, yeah, no, go ahead, there's no one running uh, that the that there's no one had, uh, running NHTSA, and they just came out a report on how uh, slow they are in handling some of these situations. Exactly. It was yeah. a very very encouraging report because they're supposed to be operating according to a certain timetable. Yeah, they're and going after they're, they're going after the NHTSA because uh, uh, they're I think they're going to be kicking some people out. 
uh, the guy running this, running the whole NHTSA, uh, really dropped the ball. And uh, I mean, right. their own guidelines say that when you have a recall issue, the maximum amount of time to resolve it, either for or against the manufacturer, should be one year. Well, they've been screwing around with airbags for eight years, and people are dying. And uh, the right. NHTSA has just totally dropped the ball. I mean, governmental agencies. Uh, are just uh, jokes, and the NH- NHTSA is the biggest joke of all of them. They they don't, they they come up with great rules, but they don't enforce them. Right. It's it's uh, it's a shame uh, yeah. because you know uh, people are riding around. You don't even know who has those exactly uh, deflators in their cars. So, exactly. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, Okay, well, thank you. Have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing the dog. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you, Bob. Hey, uh, mentioning the dog, uh, let me mention this website Earl mentioned earlier. Um, and as a matter of fact, we have a special guest coming in around about 930. And uh, you're going to have a whole lot of fun watching and calling and just being part of all of us with uh, with us. Uh, but you can go to www.bigdogranch.com. BDDR.org forward slash meeting our dogs. It's BDRR. BDRR. Thank you, Rick. Uh, www.bdrr.org. E, e, honey. B. That's right. BDRR. That's a Pittsburgh accent. Yep. Okay. So www.bdrr.org forward slash meeting our dogs. You'll have a whole lot of fun there. There are so many dogs on that site. I was looking at it last night. One more interesting than the other. We're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Brad, who's calling from Deerfield. Hey, Brad. Hello. What's going on in Deerfield? What can we do for you? Good morning. I'm a new fan of the show. I've I've caught you uh, several Saturdays, and, um, you know, it's, I learn a lot from the show, and I'm a fan of the hybrid car, and I know you you have um, Teslas, which is interesting. Um, But, um, you know, I was looking at the electric car, and they said that they, when you park them, they lose like four miles a day, the Teslas. And I I don't do that much driving, and um, that kind of steered me away from them. But when I retired in 2016, I bought myself one of those Lexus CT200H F-Sports, Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically like a Prius. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a question. So I don't drive it too much. And one of the things that kind of bothers me is that um, I, I can monitor the battery, but when I put it away, I have to make sure that the battery isn't dead when I'm putting it away because it could sit dead for a week. And I'm thinking that's probably not good. Um, I'm wondering if, if your technician has any input on that. Your timing was terrible. Our technician just went down to the elevator, down to the ground floor, to get our dog who's coming up here. Our <laughs> so, special guest. So, so this is live radio, and uh, I, I, I I will uh, repeat the question to Rick, but I don't know the answer. Uh, uh, I'm sure Rick will know the answer. Uh, the uh, the, uh, uh, the the battery. You say in a, in a you say it does go dead in a week, or it might go dead in a week? No, no. Um, what I'm saying is that um, uh, with the Tesla, the Tesla and electric cars, you drive them home, you plug them in, you top them off. 
Yeah. But if you leave them unplugged, they can lose four miles a day. It's, yeah, it does. Uh, mine, mine does that. Uh, maybe two miles. I guess it depends on the temperature and whatnot. And they say you have to be careful because if you drive it to the airport and leave it unplugged and you go away on a flight and you come back, you could end up having a dead battery. Oh, but, you know, I see. With a Tesla that we have, I'll give you just from my hands on, uh, Nancy and I have been on vacation uh, for at least a week, maybe longer, and uh, we lost uh, maybe uh, about a percent or two a day. So uh, if, you, if you leave it with a full charge, uh, uh, we've, ne- we've never had less than uh, probably uh, 50% battery left uh, when we got back. Uh, I, I, I suppose if you were gone for 90 days, you'd have a different story. But uh, 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 you, you raise an interesting point. People that do travel like that with electric vehicles, uh, there ought to be some sort of provision for like a trickle charger of some kind for for uh, EVs. Uh, my, I take my my Tesla, and when when Nancy and I go home, uh, even though we're going to go out again, we we plug it in anyway, uh, and we have our timer set on our Tesla so that it doesn't charge actually until midnight because at midnight, Florida Power and Light. Uh, in this area reduces the charges uh, greatly. So uh, uh, I, I think uh, you raise a very interesting point for, you know, uh, uh, cruise ship areas, parking areas, airport areas, all ought to be considering exactly what you're saying with uh, people electric vehicles. There should be a provision for that. And, uh, you know, Rick uh, Rick just got back, and um, if, if you'd like, he can answer that question uh, a little more thoroughly if you'd like or was what earl shared with you was that enough information um actually no I, I, if he's there i'd like to ask him the question but by the way this time of year the fpl rates uh they're cheaper after 9 p.m and uh-huh. then they get expensive at 12 noon okay time of year. Uh, well rick rick um is going to talk to you about that and okay. he might be able to shed more light on it than um than earl did i'm, I'm not sure uh, the call is in regards to parking you know a, in a litter vehicle at the airport and if uh, it's there well well no 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 what i was saying is um i bought when i retired in 2016 i bought a lexus dt 200 hf sport which is a hybrid it's basically a lexus version of a uh, prius okay are, are you familiar with that car i'm, I'm sure you're familiar with prius I, i've seen a few of the lexuses yeah okay so they they stopped importing that car unfortunately i love that car best car i've ever owned but um um i'm considering the new uh the new um uh, Prius, the new Prius is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, so my question is this: um, I know that when you let a battery sit uh, dead for a week without charging, it's not good for the battery. And and even though those batteries are modern technology, I don't know if they're lithium ion or nickel metal hydride or whatever. But my concern was like, uh, I don't, I only drive the car like once a week and. I'm always afraid of putting it away with with one bar on the batteries because I'm afraid for it sitting a week with a, a low charge, an almost dead charge, that it will harm the batteries, reduce their lifespan. Is, do you think there's anything for me to worry about? Should I focus on trying to put it away with a full charge? Because I have to, I kind of have to monitor it and give it the gas on my way home to make sure I get home with a, with a full charge because if I baby it, I get home with a dead battery. 
Right. Um, by any chance, do you have a place where you might be able to plug it in? If you have a prime? Um, are are you looking at the prime, the, perhaps? No, no, no. It's not the prime. It's the. Um, it, it's not a plug-in. Oh, okay. The only thing I can charge is my 12-volt battery. Yeah. No, you're, the Prius, as you're driving a, a normal Prius, the battery's going to keep itself at a, a constant state of charge and discharge, but it's never going to get very low. And even leaving it for a week at a time, you won't have any problems with that. It can handle that quite easily. Two to three weeks, Priuses might start to have an issue, and you might want to have somebody available that can start and run the car to give it a chance to charge up a bit. But after that, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, for, for a week at a time, it'll have no problems at all. You're going to have a very easy time with that car. Uh, they just, they're very resilient. They're, they're incredibly good cars. Yeah, I, I've seen where the older ones sometimes will have one or two cells go bad and you have to, you know, replace those bad cells. But um, my concern was like, and that would be an improvement for that. Uh, if you're not getting a plug in Prius, like I always thought like you should, when you buy the car, you should program in your, it should have a, a feature where you, you program in your home address and then you tell it you're going home and it makes sure that you're, when you're putting away, that battery's full. Because I'm, I, I do monitor my battery, and sometimes I'm putting it away, and it's one bar, and I'm like, uh-oh. You know, I'm well, <laughs> it'll it look low, but trust me, it, it will save plenty enough power in there that it's going to keep itself in good shape. Okay. Thank you so much for the call, and we look, for, we look forward to hearing from you again and uh, talking about this uh, subject. Um, <clears throat> I want to let Frank know that we're going to uh, we're going to put you on hold, right, Jonathan? Uh, we're going to hold is it, is it, Frank, or we're going to go ahead fast. Okay, uh, Frank, we're going to take your call right now. Uh, we do have the uh, dog in the studio. The dog is so, in the studio. Yeah, so we have a whole lot going on. I wasn't sure whether we were going to be able to get oh, gosh, to you. Welcome. What can we do for you today, Frank? Well, good morning. Since we're speaking about dogs. I figure I'd like to share about my mom down in Kendall back years ago. She had two Doberman Pinschers, and one was red, rusty color, and the other one was black. But the red one she named Rolex, and the black one she named Timex. And you know why she chose those names? Why? Because they keep on ticking. Because they were watchdogs. <laughs> I love hey, it. I love, I love I corny jokes. Since about big dog ranch, so that, that's about it. I'll, I'll let you get back to um, well, on the air with the others. Thanks, but. thanks for tuning in, Frank. Give us a call again. Our number you is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of excitement here because the dog is in the studio, and uh, in just a few minutes, uh, we will be introducing uh, the dog of the week for Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And so, if you have any interest in that, you, it's about just about nine minutes until then, uh, and we're getting all set up. We've got a uh, Rick has got a camera that he's going to have on the dog. You know. And uh, and we're we're going to have uh, uh, the representative from Big Dog Ranch uh, Rescue give you, tell you all about the dog, and uh, if you like what you see, uh, you can adopt this dog, and we will pay the adoption fees. Uh, also, if you just 
are looking for a dog and thinking about it, you go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue's website. That's B-D-R-R, as in Big Dog Ranch Rescue, dot org. And you go to that website, you can see hundreds of dogs. We have pictures and biographies of these dogs. And uh, as I say, in, for years, uh, Nancy and I have been doing the Big Dog Ranch Rescue video, and we put that on Facebook and YouTube and that and help promote uh, adoptions. And um, I, I think instead of, why don't we just go directly to the dog? We, we're all you know set what, up here. Earl, uh-huh. What I'm going to do is I'm going to mention real quick again, I mentioned earlier, uh, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Everyone knows that's Earl's book. Maybe what you don't know is that all proceeds from that book, the sale of that book, go to Big Dog Ranch. All proceeds and uh, it helps out in a number of ways now back to Earl okay let's uh, let's go to let's let's go to the doggy and uh, are, are you Peggy yes okay this is Peggy representative from Big Dog Ranch Rescue and uh, the doggy is here and Rick has got the camera so you can see our doggy and uh, uh, let's, uh, Peggy let's just uh, you you give us a general background sure. on the doggy and uh, and then we'll open it for calls or questions. Okay, absolutely. And I brought Wheelie with me here today. He is a Siberian Husky mix, and he comes to us from the Bahamas. Ah. He weighs in at about 40 pounds, and he is nine months old. Uh, so he will probably fill out a little bit. I don't know how much bigger, but probably not all that much bigger. He loves people. I think he'd be great with children. Um, He loves to play with other dogs. The one thing about Wheelie that makes him unique is that he has a condition called straight leg syndrome. And that means that he cannot bend his back legs. But he walks pretty well. He can walk pretty well. Yeah. But just people need to be aware of that. Um, I would say probably in a home with very few stairs, if any at all. Um, And he might need some runners, like rug runners, just to help him get jump started. Yeah, one of the cool things about Big Dog Ranch Rescue is uh, uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue finds homes for all the dogs, and they don't. We don't euthanize our dogs, uh, and we have some dogs with little handicaps like Willie, and he walks fine, but he's got the straight leg um, syndrome they call it, and he can't. He, he can't. Uh, uh, you know, when he sits, you can kind of tell he has a problem. So uh, a lot of our dogs have issues, but we we keep on trying until we find a loving home, the right home, and Willie's looking for one. So, uh, uh, Rick, uh, uh, do we have the camera on Willie? We do. You oh, do. that's great. And you can see oh, that he's just the sweetest thing. Yeah, you can see that Willie is really precious. Yeah. And he's so beautiful. Uh, you can you can not only uh, go to a Big Dog Ranch. Uh, they have uh, big dogs, small dogs. They have cats, they have kittens, and uh, as I said earlier, there's a back do- background check on uh, adopting a dog. They just don't give them to just anyone. And uh, Earl mentioned earlier about the adoption fees that we pay. Uh, so it's really a win-win situation. If you can't adopt a dog, you can always foster a dog. Why don't you go over and introduce yourself to Willie? He is so sweet and lovable and so soft. His fur <laughs> is just so soft. He also gives the very best hugs. Oh. He's a good hugger. Hi, Willie. 
Yeah, we know uh, a question. Peggy, somebody called in earlier and asked, uh, what about cats in the house? Or what about uh, other dogs? Uh, that information is available on most of your dogs out there. Because right. you, you kind of screen the dogs in terms of issues that may confront them if they are adopted. Right. He plays with other dogs at the ranch. We don't have cats at the ranch, so okay. that we're not sure about. But he's just so easygoing. Uh -huh. I think he would be okay. Okay, but good. We, we used to have cats at the ranch a long time ago, so I, I just learned something. Willie, oh, Willie. give the mic to Willie. Does he have anything to say? <laughs> Willie, what do you want to tell everybody? He's just a love bug. He's been here for about four months, and we just really, really want to find him a great home. Yeah, and He still has a lot of puppy energy, so it has to be somebody that's patient and willing to work with a puppy. And we, we usually have a full house at Big Dog Ranch because we take so many dogs from, from other states and from other countries. Uh, what we love it is when you foster a dog because it makes room for another dog to come into the ranch. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, if you can keep a dog for a couple of weeks or, or, or more, it helps everybody. And I'll have to be honest with you, we hope that you fall in love with the dog and decide to adopt the dog, but there's no obligation. And uh, actually, it's kind of like a try before you buy kind of thing. You want to be sure you like the dog, but uh, we'd prefer you adopt the dog. But go ahead, and uh, if you're a little nervous, uh, take uh, Willie How home for a couple of weeks. Nine months. He's nine months. And we're going to pay the, the nine adoption fees. Nine months old, this little puppy. Yeah, $250 adoption fees. Another thing about Big Dog Ranch is that, and I, Nancy alluded to this, they they check these dogs out like you know, if you were to adopt a child you know how careful uh, the adoption agencies are to be sure that you're going to uh, be sending that child into a proper home big dog ranch does the same thing i actually uh, uh you know I, i've actually been called by people and say i want to adopt a dog and and they and i and i, I they wouldn't let me i i don't want to get personal about it but let's face it there are some people that really shouldn't have dogs. I mean, you know, your lifestyle, if you have a dog, you need to take care of a dog, you need to love the dog, you need to, there's a lot of responsibility. So, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, I really, uh, a lot of these agencies out there, uh, you can go in there and adopt a dog as long as you have a, write out a check and take the dog home. After that, they kind of keep their fingers crossed. Big Dog Ranch wants to be sure we find a loving, responsible home. And if you are that type of person that loves dogs like we do, uh, give us a call. You can call us here at the, at the show, or you could uh, go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue, bdrr.org, and just let uh, them know that you saw Willie and Peggy. Wheelie. Uh, Wheelie. Wheelie. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. uh, Wheelie is really, uh, really adorable. And um, you can see that uh, this, uh, this husky Siberian, what a beautiful dog uh, that uh, he is. And uh, as everyone said earlier, he's from the, from the Bahamas. And uh, you can go to www.bdrr, that's bigdogrescue.org forward slash meeting our dogs where you can see Willie on that page and so many other dogs and uh, Peggy I have to ask you again uh, did you say that um, they do not uh, they don't have cats at Big Dog Ranch any longer no. oh okay so we were we were un unaware of that so uh, there you have it um, you can adopt or you can foster 
And, and remember, this is a new feature on our own cars. We're going to have dogs like Wheelie uh, every week, and we're going to find homes for those dogs. And uh, Peggy and some other people becoming actually the the uh, founder of Big Dog Runs Rescue, Lori Simmons, uh, will will be making a guest appearance. Uh, and uh, uh, we 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 look at her as one of the most amazing women in the world. Uh, what she's done for dogs. Uh, they ought to make her a saint. I mean, she is. She saved literally thousands and thousands of dogs from being euthanized, and she's used a lot of her own personal money, and she's raised a lot of donations, uh, and she has just performed a miracle for dogs. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, when Lori, when she went to uh, uh, China, uh, what an amazing story! She went to China two or three times, and, uh, bringing dogs back. You know, they eat dogs in China, yeah. so they were. Yeah. Uh, they actually have them in the market. Yeah. And people so, go in and buy the dog. And, she and, is so passionate, you know, about what she does. And uh, her heart and soul is definitely in this, which started out a long time ago. She's an amazing woman, and she has done so much with this amazing cause of saving dogs. Back to Earl Stewart. Well, thank you. Uh, Willie, I'm sorry I mispronounced your name. That's okay. I called you Willie. Uh, it, was, it was an accident. He's fine. And Peggy, thank you very much. Thank and, you for uh, having us. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll see you next week, but we're okay. going to have a dog. I said, if you can bring the dog, we'd love to have you bring the dog. And you did a great job. Thank you. And I, I bet anything we're going to find oh, a home for, so. for Wheelie. He's been with us for four months. <laughs> yeah, thanks for taking the time, Wheelie. We know you have a busy schedule. I hope, you, you're, I hope you're heading back to the spa <laughs> after driving over here. <laughs> oh, Wheelie's waving bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Wheelie. We're going to get you a home, a loving home. Yeah. <laughs> okay, folks. Thank you very much for watching and listening. And if you don't want to adopt Wheelie or foster Wheelie, maybe you know someone who does. And you can call us here at 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And we'll get word to Peggy and Wheelie uh, that... Uh, we have someone that would like to talk yeah, to them, absolutely. and we'd like to talk to you at Big Dog Ranch because they, they are going to screen you. I'm going to take a you... moment and uh, thank Peggy uh, for making the trip here. Everyone appreciates. Bye-bye, Peggy. And we will find a good home for Wheelie, I promise you. And next week, we'll find a new home for another dog, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, so. it's going to be really a more and more interesting every Saturday morning uh, with uh, doing it this way. <clears throat> As uh, Earl alluded to earlier, you know, that uh, Earl and I have been doing this for years, and we've been recording uh, at the dealership. And uh, also, you know, with COVID and everything, we started uh, doing it uh, from our home base office, which made it really interesting. Uh, but uh, this was Earl's idea. And, boy, I'll tell you what, what a great idea. And uh, we're going to have a whole lot of fun for it. with it. There's going to be a whole lot more people to see our dog and just how it behaves in the studio. And you'll think to yourself, gee, I want that dog. Well, you definitely can have it. Okay, uh, I am going to share with you uh, Earl's latest uh, column and blog, and that is the Car Buyer's Bill of Rights. And uh, you can go to Earl on Cars. And you can take a, a look at that. It is a great read, and uh, it, it really gives you an understanding of exactly uh, what is going on uh, with uh, the car. Do you have that, Jonathan? The uh, car buying experience. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, the Bill of Rights is the way things ought to be, but they're not the way the things are. And I think uh, the more we talk about the way you should be treated by a car dealer, uh, I, I do believe there's a groundswell. There's so many changes going on these days that uh, it's scary. And uh, uh, I really believe that the car buying experience is it's, it's kind of like electric vehicles. Uh, it's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's a question of when it's going to happen. But the manufacturers have, have wised up, I believe, and they realized that this uh, archaic system that was invented 100 years ago, the franchise car dealer, with no supervision uh, from the manufacturers, uh, the car dealers are considered by the manufacturers as independent business people, uh, which is okay, but they don't enforce any rules and regulations, which they could, but they don't. And of course, we don't have the regulators of the states, the attorney generals, and it's like uh, it's like the wild, wild west when you buy a car. Uh, we have people calling in from all over the United States. I will say this: South Florida is the worst. <laughs> so yeah, without we, without a doubt. We have so a, we have a mystery shopping report coming up. That I should uh, we, I got so excited about the big dog. We haven't talked that much about the mystery shopping report, but we'll be doing that very soon. And uh, it is a South Florida car dealership, We're and you'll see what I'm talking about when we get to that mystery shopping report. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great one. It's a doozy. Uh, we're going to go to Bob. Uh, thanks for your patience, Bob, uh, from Juneau Beach. Welcome. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Hi, Bob. Good morning, Bob. Can, can you turn your radio down and volume down just for a few moments while we talk? Yes, sir. Ah, thank you much. Uh, first question is for Earl. Yeah. Uh, what is what is the present state of the new new car market in terms of of the prices being, let's say, above an MSRP? Are they still elevated, or are they coming down where it's more reasonable to buy a used car? They're coming down uh, slowly, too slowly, actually. But uh, I have a feeling that they're never going to re return to pre-COVID. Uh, uh, right now, we see the cars that have the greatest inventories. Uh, we talked last week about Jeep. Uh, counterintuitively, there's a very popular car that for whatever reason has a very high supply. So prices from Jeeps are coming down. So if you're buying a car like a Jeep and you see that the dealers have them in inventory, then you can negotiate and you can get the price lower. If you're buying a car that is in very low supply and high demand, uh, you can still buy a car closer to MSRP, but not below. Jeeps, you can buy below MSRP. Uh, uh, you, you, the one thing that you can do in any case, whether it's low supply, high demand, or not, you can shop and compare. Even, even the dealers that are adding the junk fees and adding the addendum labels and, and, and charging thousands over MSRP, uh, if the car is that type of a high demand low supply, you'll still save money. You might have to pay $3,000 over MSRP, but it's better than paying $6,000 over MSRP. And with a Jeep, I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't buy a Jeep today if you had the patience and you shopped enough dealerships. I think you could buy a Jeep at uh, thousands of dollars below MSRP. I think you could... Uh, the the, the 
they supply, that's a, a, a in-house term dealers use for how many vehicles they have. And if, if, if they typically sell 100 cars a month and they have 200 cars in inventory, that's a 60-day supply. So Jeep had over a 60-day supply. And in today's market, that's huge. So um, if you have a car in mind, we can, we can tell you the availability. We have the data on that, and that'll tell you how good a price you can expect. But it'll be probably the end of this year, 2023, before uh, new car prices will bottom out. Used car prices are actually going up. Uh, they went down. Now they're coming back up again. So it's still uh, a very difficult market to get a good price on, but you can still do it. I'm, a, I'm having a hard time. Your radio. Yeah, their, their radio's turned up a bit. Um, are you still there, Bob? Yes. Yeah, we're hearing we're hearing two radio. We're hearing two we're hearing radio in the background there. Yeah. Bear with me. Yeah. Okay. So we get your answer. Okay. What what maker is what maker are you looking at, Bob? Uh, Camry. Camry. Uh, the, the Camry is in uh, better supply than it was three months ago. Uh, your best your best bet with uh, Camry is to shop as many dealers as you can. I can give you our price on Camrys at my dealership because we draw the li- we draw the line at MSRP on all our vehicles, Alphador, with no junk fees, with no addendum labels, with no dealer installed accessories. If we tell you uh, the Jeep, the uh, the Camry is $25,000, that's what you write the check out for. Uh, you might start there uh, and take uh, our price on a Camry and go to other Toyota dealers uh, and say, listen, Earl Stewart will sell us this car at this price out the door. If you beat it, I'll buy it from you. And you might find somebody that would do that. We, uh, we've had that happen in the past. I had a, we had somebody, a local person, uh, that uh, used my price and went to Al Hendrickson Toyota, and they beat our price. So uh, yeah. it's a good idea to start with a fairly good price. It saves you a lot of time. So I can say that our price is a fairly good price. But it might not be the best price. The only way to find out is to shop it with, you know, I guess there's 10 or 12 Toyota dealers in this South Florida market. Uh, in fact, I know exactly how many are. There are 14 Toyota dealers in Southeast Florida. So you, you could take my price on a Camry, MSRP, and go to those other 13 dealers and say, Earl Stewart will sell me the car out the door. And uh, they might beat it. You might get a hell of a deal. Well, let me just ask a question quickly before I go to Rick. That is, I think you once said that a good quality late model used car is a better value than a new car. Is that your is that your position? Absolutely. Uh, basically, a, a good used car that's only a year or two old, they've got a lot of the bugs worked out, and that car is really ready to go, and you're going to save a lot of money on that car. Uh, depending on the prices you can work out. Again, as Earl said, those used car prices are really starting to climb lately. So it's going to be kind of look hard for that needle in the haystack to find the right one. Yeah. 
Bob, okay, I got to get, mystery... get the mystery shopping report. Yeah, we... So uh, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to cut you off. Please call in again next week. And, and, Bob, there's more information in the money section of the USA Today, and you can take a look at that. And there's, it's self-explanatory. Thank you so much for the call. We look forward to hearing from you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get to the mystery shop. The mystery shop is from Joey Arcady. Chrysler Dodge Jeep. And uh, as I say every week, you are an important part of the show. Please vote. Vote on this mystery shop. Tell us what you think. And you can do that at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, we talk about South Florida being the Sodom and Gaborah of car dealerships, and it truly is. Uh, this is in the heart of that area is Joey Accardi, Chrysler Dodge Jeep, and they're in Pompano. There's not very many car dealerships in Pompano. That's one of the few. Uh, but Pompano's right down there with Fort Lauderdale and not that far from Miami. It's definitely South Florida, which is crazy. And the dealers down there have got uh, more junk fees than any other state uh, or other part of Florida. Uh, they have uh, bigger addendum labels. They have crazier advertising. There's virtually no regulation. So it's I always get nervous when we send Agent Lightning down there. We, we, I'm afraid we're going to lose somebody uh, going down there with a mystery shopping report. So this is uh, what happened with Agent Lightning when she visited this dealership uh, just a, a few days ago. And uh, this week, uh, speaking in the first person, as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at the Jeep dealership in the mid-morning, was greeted by Ivan, knowledgeable, friendly salesperson. Um, uh, among the selection, there was a striking beach edition, you know, like South Florida beaches, the beach edition um, that uh, immediately caught my attention. It's vibrant yellow color. Ivan told me that he would retrieve the keys and be right back. Uh, as, I, as I promised, Ivan returned. As promised, Ivan returned with a, in a few minutes, and we took a pleasant test drive. Uh, during the drive, he highlighted various features of the Jeep, such as the GPS system, and the larger screen inside the, uh, I love the big screens, by the way, I have one in my Tesla. Upon returning to the dealership, Ivan collected my information, told me that he would return shortly with a price. And of course, this is the, 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 game, the name of the game, right? Uh, let me talk to my manager and then I'll talk to you. That's old school, that's the way it's done in South Florida. Uh, you don't walk into a car dealership and they give you a price and say, write me out a check. Ain't gonna happen.com. And it's not going to happen at Joey Arcardi Chrysler Dodge Sheep in Pompano either. Um, he came back with a word expression. Now, whether this is drama or acting, I don't know. All their locations had the ability to sell their inventory, and someone at another store was trying to buy this cheap. So when I read that in the Mystery Shopping Report, I said, I didn't know that uh, Joey Arcardi had multiple locations. So I Googled it. And they do, they have one. <laughs> And that's in Okeechobee, Florida. They have a used car lot, but that's all and that's in Pompano, where their new car dealership is. But uh, the, So this other dealership might have had a deal on this particular vehicle, or they might not. So it's all part of the game. Um, so he wanted me to buy, as a mystery shopper, this Jeep right away, or else somebody else is going to buy it. And that psychology is what almost all car dealers will use on you. Uh, they won't give you a price and say shop around and come back. They'll say, if you don't buy the car at this price today, uh, 
the car's going to be gone. They'll also tell you if you come back in a week, the price will be higher. Uh, it's just the way cars are sold, especially in South Florida. Uh, the good news, he said, that nothing had been finalized yet, and uh, they operate on a first-come to first-serve basis, still getting me to cave and buy the car today. It seemed like Ivan was eager to finalize the deal and presented me with a sheet detailing the offer. The selling price, and I hate it when we call this the selling price, or anybody, they call it the selling price, was MSRP of uh, $60,000. $715, $60,715, but the selling price is just not true. It's not the selling price. Uh, it's the asking price. Then they added $682 for a new tag, $1,493 in junk fees, you know, dock fees, uh, ad fees, electronic filing fees, tag agency fees, all profit to the dealer. They call it a fee because it sounds like it's a legitimate fee. It's not. Profit. Uh, and uh, 4,123 in sales and uh, I wonder if that's meant to be sales tax. Yeah, sales tax, yeah, sales tax. And I'm glad you caught that. Uh, I, I missed it. Uh, 29.95 market adjustment. And uh, caller earlier in the show asked if those would be going away. And that $70,008 is actual selling price. Uh, this adds up to just over 70000 as Rick just calculated, but their bottom line said 72500 <laughs> What can I tell you? So here we are. They're using new math. <laughs> right. Really loosey-goosey. I mean, yeah, you, know, I, you, don't, you don't see this almost anywhere where, where they will actually lie about the total. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, that tells you that they don't want you to take the paperwork home and study it because, you know, in the heat of the negotiation, uh, you're going to sign without doing it. You're not going to get to calculate it and re-add all the columns. So they're going to get you just because you didn't do that, uh, only in South Florida. So there we are. We have uh, this uh, South Florida Joey Accardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep in Pompano. And... Uh, uh, I asked about the I, I, I asked about the Costco program, uh, but I've informed me that they no longer participated in it, even though they used to sell many cars through that program. Well, uh, that tells you the Costco's got a good program. <laughs> if they won't participate in it, it's because the prices are too good. And the Costco program, if you're not familiar with it, simply says the dealer has to sign a contract with Costco to be a Costco-approved dealer, and that contract says. Thou shalt not sell any car to any customer at a lower price than you will sell to a Costco member. That's pretty strong, and that's legal. That's a, that's a document. Uh, technically, Costco could sue them for violating their contract. So could you. So if, in fact, the Costco program is administered, and that's a big if, uh, you can get a very good price on most cars. And... Joey Arcardi, Chrysler Judge Deep in Pompano, decided I can't deal with that Costco. That tells me Costco is starting to enforce the rules a little tighter than sometimes they have in the past. Ivan mentioned again the competing customers offer. This is the probably mythical offer that there are one other dealership, not a bunch of dealerships, in Okeechobee, Florida, uh, is going to buy the car. 
but he brought that again to close me as the mystery shop dropper. Um, he advised me to immediately make an offer if I wanted it, but I expressed reluctance to pay over the MSRP. Ivan then suggested ordering a customized Jeep instead, where I could get exactly what I wanted, although it would be the beach it wouldn't be the beach edition. I politely declined and thanked him for his time. So hopefully, uh, those of you who have been listening to this have been uh, thinking about your vote, how you want to vote. Uh, you can do that on YouTube. You can do that by text. And tell us how you would rate Joey Accardi, Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Now, our mystery shops are all archived on Erlen Cars, and we have a two list dealers we recommend you buy from and dealers that we recommend you don't buy from. And this is the data, these mystery shops that we've been doing for 20 years that appear on these um, score sheets for dealers and recommended versus non-recommended. Now, a warning, uh, when we say recommended, I say that tongue-in-cheek a little bit because we grade on the curve. And you can have a dealer with a B or a C or a D. Um, take into account the the letter grade, if you buy one with a D, and they're on the, they are on the recommended list with Ds, be real careful. Because even the dealers with Bs are not perfect, because it's a curve. So when you're grading Eddie Accardi, uh, as bad he's, as he sounded, don't necessarily give him an F. Now give him an F if you think he's that bad, but he won't be on any recommended list with an F. So take that into consideration, A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, do we have any scores yet? Well, first I got a couple of grades we need to take care of for our previous deal. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Z. Fraidley says, I give Wheelie a grade of an A+. Uh, Engine 94 guy says, beautiful dog. I just adopted a golden retriever, <laughs> and I call that an A+, as well. I forgot about the dog grade. And Tom Steckel says, Wheelie is an A+. No nitrogen collar and no dog fees. <laughs> Seriously, thank you for helping find homes for these pets. Yeah, if you just tuned in, we are now doing uh, Dog of the Week for Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And every week uh, from now on, we're going to be uh, showing you a dog and asking you to consider fostering the dog or adopting the dog. And we pay the adoption fees. So that was the first Dog of the Week was Wheelie. And I uh, got some pretty good grades. And she's uh, Wheelie is a nine-month-old. He is a nine-month-old yeah. Siberian Husky mix, almost pure white. Uh, he does have a straight leg issue with his back legs. He can't bend his back legs. But he can walk. But good. he gets around just fine. Yeah. And you can see on camera how friendly he is. Oh, lovable. He would be a great, great addition to anyone's yes. home. Okay, now for Joey Accardi. Oh boy, uh, Negan one big F fail. Boom. Uh, Kirk in West by God, Virginia. J-A-C-D-C, or C-D-J with Joey Accardi, Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Let me do the math. Uh, let's see. It's a solid F minus. Oof. Okay. And over here we have, let's see, folks. Do we have any grades on the other side? There we have them coming in. Okay. Tom Steckel, grade F. 6500 in fake fees. Good dealership to take your dog for a walk, but that's about it. <laughs> Brian Sedlatko, 72000 for a Jeep. Ridiculous D. Tim Tim Gilliland, BDA, that, 
BDRR, A+, above MSRP, D. John Z. Fraidley, a D. Rocky Blockatiel, D-, those fees are excessive. Scott Hunter, D for excessive fees. Mark Smith, a D. Cram1624, F. Bad math doesn't work. Bring your own calculator. And Mark Ryan, a D. Uh, for me, yeah, I'm going to say a D. And I think if, if you whipped out a calculator and told the salesman that their numbers were wrong, Earl, what do you think they would do? Well, it'd be caught you know, with a pencil now, I, I guess. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, that, to me, that's the question. I, I, would give, I was going to give them a D, but I had to ask myself, did they do it on purpose? Uh, it's entirely possible. I, you know, the, remember, the, everybody's on commission in the car dealership. That's, that salesperson, uh, Ivan, uh, his pay plan is probably 25% of the profit that he makes off that vehicle. So if he can make uh, an extra $2,000, uh, or in this case here it was 2500 so 25% of 2500 is what, seven, six, seven hundred dollars mm -hmm. So uh, six, seven hundred dollars more in Ivan's pocket if he can do 72.5, so that's circumstantial evidence that maybe he did it on purpose. Could be. Exactly. Nancy, what do you say? What's your score? Uh, <clears throat> I, give, uh, I give them an F. Uh, really, no comment. There's uh, Sometimes, you know, you just can't find the words to, well, at least not on the air, uh, to define uh, some car dealers. And that, uh, that shopping report uh, came to us from... Uh, 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 where was that? Uh, Pompano. Pompano Beach. What was the location? Pompano. Joey Accardi. What, what was the location? Pompano. Pompano Beach. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I gave him an F. And uh, I want to thank uh, anyone and everyone who will think about fostering uh, or adopting a, uh, a dog. And uh, Wally was, uh, Willie was uh, just uh, beautiful and could be a great match for, uh, for anyone. Uh, very... Uh, 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 manners uh, just uh, sat here was uh, sniffing around like dogs do but a great dog to uh, adopt or to foster uh, I'm gonna give him a D minus I, I just I if he asked me 30 seconds earlier or 30 seconds later I might have said F but I, I just I, I haven't got a crystal ball I don't know that he deliberately added the $2,500 to me that was a swing vote I'm gonna give, give him a benefit of the doubt with a D minus, we'll make him the lowest on the recommended list, and then we'll shop him again and, and uh, give him another shot. So, uh, uh, do I have time to say one more thing before we sign off? Yeah, quickly. I'm just, I, I, I can't control myself being a technical nut, and I, I read something in Automotive News the other day. There's an Israeli company, uh, and they, they've come up with a, uh, a software system that is absolutely amazing. Uh, that would be sold to cities and counties wherever you have traffic signals and they will be able to be mounted on red lights and the, the this uh, this analog or this uh, algorithm that they've come up with uh, actually can tell if a car coming toward that intersection intends to run a red light now that absolutely blows me away Ooh. and they've tested it and it it's with all the variables, I suppose, like weather, time of day, speed, type of car, I don't know what data they collect. But so they will now, when you go to that intersection, if this nut 
who is going to run that red light is approaching, they'll leave the green light on so that the guy can uh, safely go through without killing somebody that got a, a, you know, a green light in the wrong direction. So what an amazing, this is, these breakthroughs are coming every day. And to, to be able to have our streets so safe uh, the way they will be when these high-tech ideas are implemented, it's just scary. As much as red lights annoy me sitting at a red light, I, I, th I think it would be a better thing to sit there for an extra three to five seconds and be able to go home alive yeah. Versus, well, no. but if that guy, yeah, but well, what you can't control the nut. So. Well, I mean, if I'm the guy on the other side of the intersection, the other side of the intersection, yeah. that I was going to be in that intersection when he ran the red light. Yeah, but if he's doing if he's doing 100 miles an hour, you don't see him. Right. So it just it, it's, it, it's But it, if if the light makes me sit for a few seconds longer, so he can go through when he was going to anyways. At least I get to go home that night. Yeah. Don't so. you wish everyone had that logic? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up the show, and uh, it goes without saying we want to thank uh, Laurie Simmons, uh, who uh, provided us uh, with uh, the uh, dog of the week, and uh, Peggy, uh, who came out uh, from Big Dog Ranch uh, to bring uh, Wheelie. Also, uh, thanking Robin at Big Dog Ranch, who's worked with us uh, throughout the uh, years. And uh, we're going to have a real good time every week. And not only are we going to have a mystery shop, but we'll have a mystery dog. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll see you right back here next week.